It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. What's up, guys? Thanks for checking out the Locked On Wizard show. I'm your host today, Ian Evans. Uh, housekeeping real quick. Guys, for those who don't know, this is the Locked On Wizard show. You can find me, Ian, at the real Ian underscore E on Twitter. Follow the show at Locked On Wizards. And guys, especially this time of year, check out the Locked On NBA mock draft. So much going on. For those of you following that, you guys know that me... Arthur and Becca already selected Robert Williams with the 15th overall pick in the draft. Uh, good pick. Super solid pick. Uh, not going to spend too much time talking about him. Becca went all in on him in her All Things Robert Williams episode. So if you haven't listened to that, check that out. She killed it. He's a really intriguing prospect, but also just really enjoy those episodes she does, man, where you get to learn about a player and their backstory and kind of where they came from, who they are on and off the court. So check out Becca's episode of all things Robert Williams if you haven't yet. I think he's a good fit for the Wizards. But today, we're not talking about Robert Williams. Not talking about Kevin Knox. We're not talking about Lonnie Walker. Guys, we're talking about Mo Bamba. Kind of get into the, the one of the most important things. How do you get him? How do you do that if you're the Wizards? We'll talk about that and we'll talk about why it's worth doing and why I think you have to do it because we can't keep doing the same thing over and over again every year and crossing our fingers and praying that maybe this is our year, maybe we'll get lucky. We need to make some changes. So we'll get into that. We'll talk everything Mo Bamba and the Washington Wizards right here in a minute. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for checking out the Locked On Wizard Show, guys. Uh, don't forget to check out the Locked On NBA mock draft and check out LockedOnSports.com. No matter who your favorite team is, we have you guys covered always, all the time. Your team, every day. We're talking Mo Bamba. He's a really special 
center with a unique skill set. Kind of when you look at his skill set combined with his insane physical tools. There's no one with more of an infinite ceiling in the entire draft than him. No one. Not DeAndre Ayton, not Doncic, not Jaron Jackson. No one has the potential sky is the limit ceiling in the entire draft except for Mo Bamba. And just like everyone else, it's kind of a scary draft. The one pick through the 10th pick, all of these guys could be future All-NBA, Hall of Famers, superstars, top five players, or all of them could just be out of the league in like four years. It's just maybe this year's draft more than ever. It's so hard to see where these guys are going to be. And now more than ever in this year's draft, you have to guess right. You just have to, you have to get kind of lucky. And I think when you look at that, you go with the prospect. If you're in the top five, if you can get a pick in the top five, Personally, I would go with the most physically intriguing prospect who also has a super valuable set of skills that translate to what the NBA is moving towards. And that's Mobamba. And we'll get into strengths. We'll get into weaknesses because he does have some weaknesses and some question marks, I think. But first, let's talk about how you get him. You know, the Wizards are at the 15th pick. To get Mobamba, you'd have to move up to that fourth pick. Maybe that fifth pick in the draft. How do you get up to the fourth pick to the fifth pick? And, uh, you know, I've been on record here saying that the capital of success, it should be a lesson in patience for Wizards fans. And make no mistake, guys, you're not blowing the team up. You're not getting rid of John Wall. He's your superstar. He's dynamic. He's special. He's going to be the best player this team has for maybe the next two decades, maybe three decades. He's once in a generation. He's special. You keep him. I think you keep 24-year-old Bradley Beal, who projects to be an all-star every year. He needs to improve, but I think he can, absolutely. You keep him. Everyone else, literally everyone else, is on the table, I'm on the phone, and teams have an invitation to help me get them the hell out of here. Get the hell out. Go. We don't need anyone else on this team. Fans, myself included, can be so funny sometimes. We overvalue our own players so highly. We think so highly of them because we fall in love with their personality and we remember all their good moments and try not to remember a lot of their bad moments. Outside of John Wall and Bradley Beal, no one on this team is special. Everyone, literally everyone outside of those two players have skill sets and roles who can be replaced. To a degree, maybe not a carbon copy, maybe not quite as successful, maybe more successful. But everyone else on this team is easily, it's not like, oh, maybe we could replace them. Everyone else on this team is easily replaceable. Not even hard. Kelly Oubre is a lot of fun. I love Kelly Oubre. His personality is amazing. He's smart. He's funny. His skill set is replaceable. Otto Porter. Man, don't get me started on Otto. Listen, guys, I love Otto Porter. I love him. I've been a fan of him since Georgetown when he broke out three years ago in the playoffs against the Raptors when the Raptors got swept by the Wizards. It was an amazing moment. It was like he was the DeRozan stopper and then he was feeling it from three-point distance and all of a sudden he had his stroke going and that was the beginning of kind of where we are now with Otto. Very good shooter. Very good glue guy. Very smart basketball player. He's not special. He just, he isn't. I don't care. Advanced stats guys want to always tell you how incredible Otto Porter is. He's so amazing. He's, you'd think that Otto Porter's the best player on the Washington Wizards when you listen to advanced stats guys and people around the national media 
people, you know, people that just are so in love with him because he's so efficient. I could give a damn about efficiency if you're only shooting the ball six times a night. Shoot the basketball. Shoot the ball. Shoot it. You're an elite shooter. It's ridiculous. You could find a free agent for next to nothing who's a forward, plug him in next to John Wall, and you'll get right around a 40% three-point shooter and a solid defender and someone who's not stupid when it comes to facilitating and passing the basketball. Will they be as efficient as Otto? No, probably not. He's a really good shooter. Will the advanced stats be there? Will his true shooting percentage and E field goal percentage be the same? I don't care. I don't care. You can find a guy for like one-fourth of the money or less that can replicate what Otto Porter does, the kind of threat he is on the court, the kind of things he opens up for an offense, and the kind of things he does on defense. Otto Porter can be replaced. He's not special. I'm okay with him staying on the team. He's a really good all-around player. We paid him a crap ton of money, and he's not really living up to that at all. Not even close. Supposed to be the third all-star. He's not the third all-star. He's never going to... Otto Porter's never going to be an all-star ever in his life in the NBA. It's never going to happen. Does anyone think Does anyone think Otto Porter's going to be an all-star? Do you really think he's going to make an all-star team? Do you ever think he's going to crack 20 points per game? 20 points per game every night consistently in a season ever in his life? That's never going to be Otto Porter, guys. Leave. We can trade... Anyone who's not John Wall and Bradley Beal, mix and match the pieces around your elite talent and you try to make something work. You try to make moves that actually hire your ceiling. So yeah, you do the trade. You make this work. You're Ernie Grunfeld. Oh, Jesus. Uh, for a second, I forgot Ernie Grunfeld was our GM. Saying his name out loud, it's like I'm Voldemort. Voldemort. Oh, man. So if you're Ernie Grunfeld, you... You get on the phone, you make the phone call, you have to be offering up a deal to try and, yeah, you take back Chandler Parsons' contract, terrible, terrible contract, he's making $50 million over the next two years, but that's essentially what we're paying Otto anyway, and you get a guy in return who fills the same void, he's the same type of threat, he opens up the floor, he gives you space for John Wall to operate, for Bradley Beal to operate, he's a good shooter, Good ball handler, good basketball IQ, god-awful contract, but also the number four pick, where you select Mobamba, and to get that, you give up Otto Porter, the 15th pick, and if you need to, to sweeten the deal, to just get Memphis off the phone and go, you know, we're not even going to listen to other offers, you give up one of Ubre and or, one of, or Sadoransky, one of them, and you take back the bad deal, and you get Mo Bamba as your center for the next decade plus. And this kid could be so special. And we'll talk about why here right after this. All right. Talking Mo Bamba. Guys, thanks for checking out the Locked On Wizard Show. Uh, don't forget to check out the Locked On NBA Podcast Network, especially the mock draft right now. Go over to LockedOnSports.com or whatever platform you use. iTunes, Stitcher, Android, podcast platforms everywhere. Your team every day. Guys. Some of you don't agree with me already, I can tell. You're shaking your head. No, it's too much Too much to give up. We can't give up Otto. He's the best shooter on the team. We can't give up our young guys like Sadoransky and Ubre. That's getting rid of depth. 
And the pick? No, Ian, we can't do it. You can. You can and you have to. Because we can't keep trotting the same crap out every year and expecting something to change. Ernie Grunfeld and Ted Leonsis can't keep bashing their heads against the wall over and over again and hoping and praying that, oh my gosh, maybe one of these years it's going to happen. We'll get lucky. You keep your talent, but you have to change everything else. You have to. Because right now the ceiling, do you guys realize what, what's at stake here? We have a once-in-a-generation type player in John Wall, and we're wasting away his prime. We're a worse team than the 2000-era Atlanta Hawks. That team was more talented, at least. They had Horford, they had Teague, they had Josh Smith, they had Joe Johnson in his prime. That was a really good team, guys, and they couldn't get out of the East. They were stacked. They had a loaded starting lineup every year. Everyone was talking about the Hawks. Reminds me of the Wizards when they were the darlings of the league two or three seasons ago when everyone's like, oh, they can challenge Cleveland. I think they match up well with LeBron James and the Cavaliers. No. Team's not doing anything, guys. The team is not doing jack. You've got to hire the ceiling for this team. Drafting Mo Bamba does that. Mo Bamba is 20 years old. He is 7-1. He has a wingspan of 7 feet 10 inches. He's got a standing reach of 9 feet 8 inches. That's the highest in NBA draft history. So no one's ever... Already you look at the kid, and from a physical standpoint, he is the most intriguing prospect in the draft. Because you've got freakishly tall, freakishly long. He's like a pterodactyl on the basketball court. Go-go gadget arms. You can imagine already kind of why people are so high on him. Very good vertical jumper. Very good leaper. When you look at what makes him so special, it's, the comp- it's not just his physical attributes. It's his physical attributes combined with the skills that he has that already immediately translate to the next level in the NBA. And he's got some skills that people his size just shouldn't have. It shouldn't be allowed. He's kind of like a create a character in 2K. And I think that's why some people, you talk to Mavericks fans, you talk to Grizzlies fans, they don't, they don't really want to touch Mobama because they're kind of nervous because it's like, well, no, what's the point? It's too good to be true. It's too good to be true because if this kid does fulfill his potential, if he does pan out, he's a three-point shooting Rudy Gobert. He's a defensive player of the year candidate every year for the next decade, and he can also get you 20 to 25 points a game, 14 rebounds. Like, guys, this is one of the few players in the draft that has the type of ceiling where he could be all-NBA, superstar, top five player in the entire league. I don't know who else in this draft has that type of ceiling. Maybe Michael Porter Jr., which some of you guys on the mock, you guys are wacky with your mock drafts out there, taking Michael Porter Jr. like with the number two pick to the Kings or something. <laughs> or taking number four. Memphis wants to take number four. Guys, he just had, he's, he's like 20, he had back surgery. And now his hip is having problems. The hip, spoilers, the hip is connected to the back. <laughs> this it's like if there's ever been a red flag it's this you know but yeah maybe if he's healthy i don't know michael porter jr he's the, he's got the potential if he's healthy which is a huge if to be a superstar who else though who else has the actual potential to not be an all-star not be like a really good player but to be a top five player in the league one day mo Bomb is one of those guys one of the few prospects in this draft who could be a fully-blown superstar. Someone who does everything on the court. A go-to scorer, 
someone who's a nightmare in transition, someone who's a rim protector and an anchor defensively. So let's get into his strengths. Let's, after that, talk about his weaknesses and kind of talk about, to end the episode, the kind of fit he would be with the Washington Wizards and kind of give you some ideas of what we could imagine him doing here in Washington, D.C. alongside John Wall and Bradley Beal. So we already talked about his attributes. 7'10", wingspan, 9'8", standing reach. He's 7'1". He's only 20. He might end up being 7'2", if he grows another inch. Very long, passing lanes, nightmare help defender, nightmare at the rim. That guy, finally, for the Washington Wizards, where the opposing point guard is at the top, maybe he's breaking down his defender, and he, but he stops for a second, and he has to find, where's Mohamed Bamba? That alone is something that you have to consider. And it's not the reason you move up to get him. We'll get into that in a second. But you have a guy right now on the Wizards in Marcin Gortat. (laughs) Oh, my God. In Marcin Gortat, where you've got the point guard or the shooting guard or the wing at the top of the perimeter, he's breaking down the defender. He locates Marcin Gortat, and he's giggling like a school... Oh, it's Marcin Gortat. (laughs) Yay! You know, like, they get giddy. They look at it. They start salivating. They they realize there's a 60-year-old retired YMCA player under the basket. There's a fossil who can't jump off the ground. And they just think, they just, they're just daydreaming how, oh man, what kind of dunk can I do? It's like when we grew up and we lowered the hoop to seven feet when we were like 11 years old and we'd play one-on-one basketball against our friend who was really, really unathletic and not coordinated at all. And we'd be like, oh, remember that dunk I did in 2K last night? Let me try it in real life. And you do it. <laughs> you just put him on a poster. That's, that's playing the Wizards right now. That's what it's like playing against the Wizards. Ah, March. Dude, just go. You're such a funny guy. You're such a nice... You have so much to offer the world. Go be the president of Poland. Go to Poland. Be the president. You have so much more of an impact as the president of a country than a bad center for the Washington Wizards. Please just go away. I love you, March. It just, it's over, man. It's over, man. And with, and with Muhammad Bamba, guys, you get the opposite of that. You get a guy who people need to locate, they need to find where he is, and they start to question, okay, I can't really drive the rim right now. He's there. And if they do drive the rim, they're thinking about it. They're thinking about him being there to come out of nowhere and erase the shot. That's what he can do defensively. Just from a mental standpoint, that's so valuable for any team in the NBA. But when you look at his actual instincts, his jumping, he's such a quick leaper, quick second jump, third jump, fourth jump, you've seen it on tape. He can get off the ground so insanely fast. And since he's so long, he's such a good closeout defender. He gets to the corner. He gets to the wing, the top of the perimeter so fast. And he blocks jump shots. So not only do you have a guy who's an anchor at the, at the basket, at the rim, someone who can kind of hang out outside the paint and with his agility, with his quickness, be a great help defender too, but you have a guy who's 7'1 with a 7'10 wingspan who can go out on the perimeter and take a seat and have such a low defensive stance and use his length and use his arms and his agility 
to stay in front of guys who should be faster than him and quicker than him, but they're not. He can legitimately, guys, even at the NBA level, I think he's going to be able to guard the one, two, three, four, and five. He's going to guard every position, and he's going to do it really well. And even the few times it barely happened his freshman year in college, but the few times he did get beat, it didn't matter because he still knew he had the advantage because of how long his arms are. So you'd, you'd wind up in the situations where he just he gets beat, but he pins it against the backboard. Defensively, he is so special, but that's not why you move up to get him. If that's all he was, you wouldn't trade away what you trade away in this scenario to move up to number four and pick him. If this is all he was, you'd stay at 15, and more likely than not, Robert Williams is there, and he is everything I just said. Explosive athlete, switchable, he's an asset on defense as far as switching goes. Ultimately, one day guard every position. Good rebounder, good shot blocker, good defender. It's Clint Capella. You stay at 15 if that's all he is. But that's not all Mo Bamba is. We already know he's 7-1. We already know he's got a 7-10 wingspan. And we already know he can jump out of the gym. So right away, you get a lob target. You get a guy who can run the pick and roll and just be a rim runner. Just a lob target for John Wall. John Wall hasn't had a lob target, by the way, since JaVale McGee. So I want you guys to think about that for a second. Because if any of you have been fans for as long as I have been, it's been a long time. (laughs) It's been a really long time. He's got an insane catch radius, and he'll dunk it. He gets too high. His arms are too long. I mean, it is what it is. He's going to have a physical advantage over most people when he goes up to catch a lob from John Wall. In transition, Mohamed Bamba is outstanding. He's fantastic. And when you have a team that's kind of centered and catered to John Wall's play style, he is the perfect running mate at the center position for this team. He's someone who's run a three-fourth quarter sprint faster than John Wall, faster than Russell Westbrook. I want you guys to think about that for a second. I need to think about it for a second. Because saying it out loud sounds insane. A 7-1 center with a 7-10 wingspan ran a faster three-fourths court sprint than John Wall and Russell Westbrook did. This guy's a nightmare. He's a nightmare for a defense. And this is all we haven't even mentioned his ability to shoot the basketball. He shot 30% from three as a freshman, and he didn't even really shoot that many. I think the percentage over the course of an NBA season would kind of level out. He, you look at his stroke, you look at his follow through, and he makes it look so effortless and so easy, and he's got such good touch. But now, recently, I watched the video. He's been working out with Drew Hanlon. A lot of you guys know him because of his workouts and his training that he does with Kelly Oubre. That's who Mo Bamba's training with as we speak, And he's not only put on a ton of strength and a ton of weight to his frame, but he's also worked on his specifically really spent a lot of time working on his shooting mechanics. So he's made it clear he kind of wants to be that type of center. He wants to be able to play five out. He wants to be able to stretch the floor. And his mechanics the other day looked so significantly improved. They were perfect. I mean, it wasn't like the beauty of like a Bradley Beal jumper, even though they don't really go in that often. But it didn't look like Ray Allen. It didn't look like Bradley Beal. But his mechanics were super, super sound. And he didn't have the best shooting day, but I'm not worried about that. I think he's going to be able to hit threes at a really good clip, guys. And he's 7-1, and he can jump out of the gym, and he's a lob target. So you look at someone who defensively can be like a Clint Capella or a Rudy Gobert type of defensive asset and switch and get out on the perimeter and be someone who's a help defender. He erases shots out of nowhere at the rim. 
a guy who makes guards and wing players think twice about maybe trying to get to the basket, going to think twice about it because he's there. And then offensively, you get a guy who he creates havoc on the defensive end to start the fast break where he is a huge asset. He's insanely fast and agile, long strides. It's going to be silly. It's going to be insane. It's going to be like Giannis stuff where we're like, did he just... Did he just do the dunk that Michael Jordan did at the end of Space Jam? Did he just jump from half court? <laughs> and then you take all of that, the ability on defense, his, his agility for his size, his asset as a switchable player on the perimeter defensively, his transition game, and you throw in the ability to hit three-point jump shots, 18-footers, pick and pop, stretch the floor, This kid is so special, guys. He's got such a high ceiling. He's got the skill set. He's got the physical attributes. And when you combine those two things that he has, there's no other player like him in this draft. No one even close. But I do kind of want to mention his question marks, his weaknesses. He is unquestionably, at this point, going in as a rookie, way too small. He's kind of frail. A lot of that's the lower body. But this is something that you almost say for every player coming into the NBA, unless they're like LeBron James or I guess DeAndre Ayton kind of looks like he's got a body that was built by the basketball gods. There's so many examples of this. John Wall is a great example of it too. Not worried at all about that. But it needs to be noted, he's probably going to get pushed around, especially the first couple of years, pushed around, bullied, out-muscled. But he can kind of lean on his tool set in the meantime until the strength catches up to what his athleticism and his length will allow him to do in the meantime. So had to mention it, not worried about it. Defensively, we already talked about his unlimited potential on this end. Kind of do notice though, as a young player, got lost in pick and roll defense sometimes. More than a few occasions where he just got completely lost. I'm talking turned around. Like his player is just wide open, streaming right to the basket for for a completely uncontested layup because he just got lost. He didn't know where he was. So that's something too. Offensively, you really do worry about, he wants to be someone who can spread the floor and shoot the three. And I think he's going to be a really good shooter in the NBA. But I think, especially early on in his career, while he's still developing that part of his game, it's going to lead to him letting his defender off the hook. And it's going to kind of fall into the trap of a lot of defensive plans. Oh yeah, you want to shoot the 18-foot jump shot? Go ahead. And, I th- and it's going to lead to transition baskets and kind of secondary break opportunities for the opponent. But I think you got to live with that. I think with all of these potential question marks, you, got, you have to live with it. Because I don't see, it's, for me, it's tough to see a scenario with his touch and his, what it looks to be a really good ability to shoot the basketball for someone his size, his athleticism, his ability to finish, and how good he is in transition. Even with, like, the most terrifying thing about him to me is his assist percentage and his turnover percentage. It's really bad. An insane number of turnovers and a very, 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 very small number of assists. (laughs) So that's another thing. He doesn't make the simple play sometimes. When the double team comes, maybe tries to shoot over them, tries to spin through it, where there's someone right in front of him in the corner who's wide open. So his vision kind of needs to work on that decision-making. But again, with everything he's got going for him, I don't think you can pass up an opportunity to draft someone like him, especially the Wizards who need a five and they need more shooting. You get the best of everything with him. He's literally the player the Wizards have been waiting for, the one that John Wall goes to bed every night and he dreams about. And he wakes up, he's like, oh my gosh, 
Mo, are you here? And he's not. He's not there. It's March in. It's him again. He's in the fridge. He's drinking out of the milk carton. John Wall, he sheds a tear and he goes back to sleep. <laughs> Poor John. You got to take Mo Bamba. You got to take a chance. Trade Otto Porter. Trade the 15th pick. Trade Zadaransky. Take back Chandler Parsons. Get Mo Bamba. That's what this city needs. <laughs> I am so psyched for the draft, guys. I cannot wait. Guys, thank you so much for checking out the show. Uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of draft stuff this week. Don't forget, Thursday night after the pick happens, all the craziness settles down, all the picks and the trades and the moving up in the draft. We're going to have live reactions ready to go. I'm going to be in New York for my vacation. I'm still going to be on the call with Becca and with Arthur. I'm going to give my take. Don't miss that. Keep it locked in right here on the Locked On Wizard Show. Follow me at the real Ian underscore E. Follow my lovely co-host at District Mamba. That's Mr. Arthur Renault. And of course, Becca Winkert at Becca MVP on Twitter. Follow the show at Locked On Wizards. Guys, I am out of here. Make a move, Ernie. Make a move, Ernie. <laughs> I'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.